0: Welcome to the Salty Club Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Creeper. Hello, hello. I'm super stoked to be back here again recording so soon after recording another one yesterday. It's so funny. I like... (laughs) Time, I don't know if it's with a baby or if it's just like creative time or whatever it is. Like, I mean sometimes it's flowing and sometimes I'm putting out things constantly and other times it takes a long time like what I'm going to be addressing today was literally a question box I put out on Instagram back in November and it's just always been at the back of my mind and I don't know why it's taken me so long to just tackle the questions and answer them and I think you know obviously I have a baby so that's uh takes up a lot of time Um, But I also think a degree of it is I tend to overthink my creations too much Um, and try to like really plan them out to the nth degree until there's really no, I don't know, it's like I get so caught up on structure and not what I just want to say and simply it's just as simple as hitting record and just saying what I want to say. Or feeling like, you know, I need to plan out the answers and I needed to sit down and write out answers to these questions. But I realize I don't like and the point of this is to have a conversation, right? Even if it's one ended, I'm not giving a lecture. I'm just sharing about my life. So super excited to talk about this today. Basically, the question box I put out was inviting everyone um, to ask anything about... Me about living overseas, about having a baby overseas, about finances, about starting a business overseas. So I think those are really mm, two different discussions, right? So I decided to split them into two: <clears throat> one about living overseas, building a business overseas, and the financial side of it. And then the other one, which I'll talk about tomorrow is the um, having a baby overseas and, and all of that. So. One thing that many people were really interested in was finances, visas, taxes and things like that. So I'm just going to go through the questions and just uh, talk about whatever comes up. And hopefully, yeah, because I know when I was living in Australia, I was so curious about how people overseas made it work. And it wasn't necessarily the start of the digital nomad uh, movement. It was a few years in, but it still was a bit of an unknown, you know, and I already knew that that was for me because I never could stay in one place. Even when I was in, like, in university, right, my dad lived in Cairns and then he lived in the southwest of Perth and the southwest of Western Australia, so, like, Dunsborough, which is kind of near Margaret River, if you're familiar with that wave. Um, and then he lived in Adelaide sometimes, so I was always wanting to visit him on my holidays and, but even in just doing that, even in just going and visiting him, I got this sense like I wanted to feel like I could move around whenever I wanted and I didn't want to perpetually holiday, like that was never a desire that I had to just perpetually be on holiday. I've always loved to work. I've always loved to be working towards something and building something. So at first it was obviously finishing school, (laughs) which we all don't really have a choice about. Um, Well, most of us. And then it was about going to university. And it wasn't that I didn't like university. It's just I found it really restricting until they brought in the option of being able to move our units online. And I remember my first experience of kind of digital nomading was moving all my units online and then going on a road trip with my dad and my stepmom somewhere in Australia. I think they were moving from Adelaide to Cairns and I wanted to join them on that road trip for a part of it. And so I moved my courses online and I was listening to lectures on the road. And I just thought like, I know this won't be groundbreaking now to people, like, especially kids who are unfortunately having to Zoom all their school classes, which I just think is fucked. But anyway, um, but, you know, for, it was about 2012, I think it was, it was still kind of new. And I just remember thinking, like, I want to be able to just be making money and making what I'm excited about while I can move, while I can move here, move there, like... And it was just... And then I just remember thinking, how? Like, how can I make this money? How can I get a consistent, reliable income? And I kind of started to look into freelancing and I started to write for a few online magazines, but it definitely wasn't anything to build a um, sustainable income off. Absolutely not. I think I got paid in, like, $40 gift cards at that point, which I turned into, you know gift cards for the supermarket to buy groceries, but it absolutely was not sustainable. And if I was to try create the amount of content to make those $40 at a time, um, food cards sustainable, I would have had to be writing oh a ridiculous amount all week. And for me, I have to like take the time to live life and to get things to input into my articles and to get the inspiration and then to get them out there. You know, if you're creating, it is extremely hard to be like a factory to just keep pumping it out. And I just knew if I put that stress on it, it just wasn't going to be a good time. So I thought like, but that was the start. That was the start of making a little bit of money, little, little tiny bit of money, sometimes none at all. That was A, Related to my passion, which was writing articles online. And two, not dependent on a location, right? But I had three jobs at that time. I was like 22. And I was the editor of my university magazine. I worked in a bottle shop, a liquor store. And I worked at a Tex-Mex restaurant. And at another time I also worked in retail at a jeans shop selling denim to women and after that I worked at a um a suit store helping men get into suits and I really admire like the customer service industry but I definitely know it's not where my skills lie. I'm kind of ashamed to say and probably like damning myself for the future if any future employers are ever to listen to that but like let's hope I don't ever need an employer um but I quit a lot of those jobs and I quit a lot of those jobs in the last minute in the heat of the moment in a fuck this moment like just because I hated 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 the feeling of like having to ask to go to the bathroom and if I took too long coming back and someone being like that's too long like I hated that mandate on my time and my energy like it drove me crazy some people thrive in that structure and love being able to leave work at work but a big thing and this is actually something that will be available in the club very very soon depending on when you're listening to this if it's not already this is something I'm working on um, with Georgia Goodhue Fem Powered Flow is learning how cycles and how working in our cycles is like the best way to optimize our energy basically because the structure of nine to five really does follow that masculine trajectory which is men are very consistent all throughout the month right like with their hormone levels they're very consistent there are some peaks and some dips but nowhere near the amount that women have. And so basically this nine to five setup is like for men or for like for for men. Um where was I going with that? Basically it takes a lot of conditioning, I think, unconditioning, to loosen that feeling that if we're not going into an office working nine to five, and getting that consistent paycheck at the end of two weeks or a month, whatever, that we're not working right, or we're not being responsible, or we're not blah, 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 and yeah, so just basically that, that's just what I wanted to say to start off with, but then I kind of got the opportunity to actually start this whole location independent thing when and this is really sneaky as well like I look back over some things and I'm not very proud of how I went about it but okay so my university was in Perth Australia right and I got this job as the editor of the university magazine and most of my correspondence with my student writers was online anyway and I started to get this idea like that I could actually not be in Perth and keep doing this job So I actually moved to Adelaide for a semester and did my job completely online and my writers really didn't cotton on for a long time and like believe me this is not the way to do it Um, but I did not kind of admit to them I wasn't physically in the state because at that time I still had that sort of guilt or that feeling that things work can't be effective if you're online and you're not in person and yeah and I think with that I was getting $2,000 2000 Australian dollars an issue. And I think there was four issues a year. So it wasn't enough to be a full-time income, but it was significant. And that kind of set me off to be like, okay, that's, that's gonna, this can happen. This can work. And then from there is around the time I was finishing university was around the time I moved to El Salvador. And I just want to highlight, I actually wouldn't recommend doing it how I did it. So what a lot of people ask me is, how did you move to El Salvador, get an income and make it work? Basically, I was interning for the Salty Souls Experience. And if you're familiar with the club, you might also know that the Salty Souls Experience had, for the moment, it's on pause because of the pandemic, but ran retreats in Ecuador, El Salvador and Bali but and I was interning basically there was an exchange that I would write articles in exchange for a trip to El Salvador like a holiday but I already had this feeling especially once I got there and I saw how these women were you know surfing before work living barefoot wearing the same t-shirt every day like living so simply and living out of a suitcase and not needing so much shit and still being ambitious and following their passion and really like really work-centered women I was like I've got to stay here and I've got to learn what I can learn and I also need to learn Spanish and learn how to surf because that just feels like something I need to do. So basically I think I had a hundred, no, I had 800 Australian dollars in my account. And I just thought like, fuck it. I am going to basically, I'm going to work so hard The MC and Erica, as you'll know now, they're my co-founders. But at the time I was working for them in the other branch of the business, I was like, I'm going to turn this into a full-time income and I'm not going to leave until that happens. But it was so risky, like I was down to less than $1,000 in my account. I cancelled my flight home, I put that on hold. My mum was like, what the hell are you doing? And just luckily, it was nearing the end of a year-long internship and I just got into a discussion with Erica and we decided on a small salary. But that was like literally swinging from the last vine and desperately hoping the next vine would catch me and look like that does happen. It did happen to me, but I was in a situation where I was 22. I didn't have any children. I didn't have any dependents. I could always, if shit hit the fan, ask my parents to loan me some money to get me back home. I could go and crash on their couch and I could start again. And looking at it now, I also think like being living so cheaply, Living cheaply and and simply is fine if it feels like freedom and choice, I think. Because, say it's like, I think it's good to have a safety net of money. And if you decide to live simply from that, that's great. But it can be extremely fucking risky to be like, I'm going to throw it all to the wind and just see what catches me because when you do not have the financial freedom to move about or leave if you need to you can actually it can actually have the opposite effect where you start getting like restricted by what choices are available to you if that makes sense so so like for example when i was 22 when the world was a completely different place when it was all open when i knew my friends had the means to get home if they needed to I would encourage people to like take a risk like swing from that vine see what happens like you know if you're because I did believe if you're always waiting around to like you can wait around forever like no I need more money I need this I need this so there's a sweet spot I think where it's like no I, I do have enough money to like cover myself if I need if this plan fails if this leap of faith doesn't work but There's also the other side of staying home and just like thinking you need to accumulate more and more and more, like more knowledge, more money, more whatever, until you take the leap, right? So I think there's like a sweet spot. And what I would encourage a 22-year-old to do in 2015 or whatever is quite different to now what I would encourage uh, people to do. So what I would encourage people to do is, yes, like, I think we should take risks. I think we should explore. I think we should see what's possible. But I think we should always make sure we have a get out plan in place. And yeah, but I wouldn't encourage not to do it. I would just say to be smart with the finances a bit. So and that, that can just even be having a credit card, right? Like, I didn't even have a credit card. I Actually, besides our company credit card. I actually still don't have a credit card and it's actually something I'm quite ashamed about, but I wasn't able to, because by the time I decided I wanted one, my income was like a bit all over the place and it was hard to like prove to a bank. So basically they just kept rejecting me. So to this day, I don't have a credit card. And I would just say like, make sure you have a credit card or a parent or someone who can wire you money stat, like if you're going to take any like big risks, right? Right. Hmm, so how did you find the courage to create the life you wanted while also making money? I was hmm I believed in myself a hundred percent. Like, and I knew I did not want to look back when I was like 30 or 40 or 50 and feel like I hadn't done something because I was scared. I I knew I also knew I was good at what I did, not that that like has to necessarily matter, but I just really felt the calling and I was just in such a place where, like I said, like I had no dependents, I had no responsibilities, where my life was just completely set up where I could just, there was no difference if I was to stay home and get a job in Perth and to do all that and set up roots there. At that point, then going overseas and trying it somewhere else, I was a fresh slate. So it was like, why not try somewhere else? And what also gave me the courage was that MC and Erica were there in El Salvador. That was um, at the time when I was working for them. They weren't business partners yet. So I had like two contacts there that I trusted. And that helped a lot too because I was watching them pave their way. I was watching them both make a business and make a life in, in El Salvador and in Ecuador and I had that inspiration from that I wanted to do it my own way but I also watched a few women and had them close to me that I could ask that I could get guidance from Um, which also gave me the courage to be like I can do that why not me why not me so I'm not necessarily someone who forges completely new ground I'm also not someone who like completely follows the pack, like I tend to see if there's like one or two role models who's kind of doing close to what I want to do, then I can kind of like move forward with that and then from there I can kind of like create my own path that feels good, right? So what gave me courage was my life situation at the time, belief in myself and also a few people that I trusted that I kind of like at the beginning, modeled myself off and then morphed into like my own person and my own life setup that I wanted. And also the courage knowing I was in a position like my family doesn't have a ton of money to throw around, but they do have the means to get me home if I needed. So that was a big, big piece, like a huge piece. And yeah. So the next question is, are there jobs or is it easy to build up your business? So I assume this question is referring to Is it easy, are there jobs in, like, where we live, which is kind of in the tourist areas of Central America and um, South America? For me right now, I'm living in Guatemala. I've lived here for about two years. Um, Are there jobs? It depends. There are many, 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 many things you can do. So one thing you can do, there's something called a workaway, where you might work in a hostel, At reception or cleaning or in a bar or in a restaurant and the exchange is they exchange accommodation and usually food for your labor for maybe five or six days work so if you're not fussed about actively making money and just want to live overseas and want the experience then workaways can be available and be available to you Another thing that I have noticed, okay, so I've lived in tourist towns now, first in El Sonte in El Salvador, second in El Tunco in El Salvador, and now kind of in and around Antigua in Guatemala, and spending time sometimes on the beach in El Paradón in Guatemala, is one thing you can do is kind of have your thing. Like, what's your skill? or your talent, or your thing that you have to offer, right? Like, for example, with me, it's copywriting and writing. And this happens over time. But basically, what happened for me is that I became, like, known as the person who can copy, edit, and write. So, if people had, um, wanted their websites to be edited, or wanted their whatever to be written about, or done, or they wanted me to, like, attend their retreat, and then do a um, review or so then they could then use that in future marketing. If someone wanted me to do their social media or their marketing, anything that required writing, I became the go-to person. And sometimes that gave a straight up exchange. Usually the financial exchange was between other expats who had the means, who had the like foreign income to pay me properly (laughs) to like do their website, their social media, whatever. Other times it might be an exchange, like there can be like this sort of symbiotic exchanges. For example, when I was in El Zonte, there was a guy uh, called Alex Navoa and he taught me so much in surfing. Like every time I was out in the water, he would be giving me tips. He would be helping me. He would be pushing me into bigger waves. And then one day he just randomly gave me like one of his old boards, like his old surfboards, because he felt like uh, it would be a good board for me. And in that, I helped him where I could so hello I'm just recording a podcast yeah and so I would write the copy for his website um like give it a spell check and also another thing I helped a bit which is a different kind of contribution because I do think if you're living in a community you should try like contribute somehow would be when they were launching GoFundMe's for this or for that or for that I would be the person who made the copy as compelling and well written as possible because as you guys know with GoFundMes like there's just so many you can drown in them so like so for example for me my thing that I brought to the towns that I lived in was writing and that it did a lot of things for me it helped me make a little bit of money it helped me integrate in the community and give back and it also helped me like practice my vocation and get my name out there and also build up a solid like CV or a solid like portfolio for me as well um I yeah so that was great so I have friends who went and did um massage a massage course and became known as the person who does massage who doesn't need a massage especially in surfer towns because our backs get fucked very quickly I have friends who obviously like yoga is a big thing there's a lot of yoga teachers so you offer yoga um Cooking, chefing, all hostels need a chef or a cook. Um, Well, not all, but then you can do like pop-up chefing. Uh, Designing, photography. If you have like a skill, you can arrive to the town and making sure you're not stepping on a local's toes. That's a big thing as well, is like there might be photographers in that town who are taking surf photos and selling them. And then if you come and set up your camera next to them and then you're trying to sell... It could be taking money away from locals and that's not what we want to do. So say you're a photographer and you're like, okay, I want to to be selling photos. So what you might be wanting to do is not taking away jobs from the locals, but um, doing a different kind of photography. Like you might be taking pictures of people for their websites because professional looking photos always like bump up your website, your social media, your business look. So or you could be like just something that isn't that is complementing like it's kind of making a niche for yourself, not stepping on anyone's toes, and by that I mean not step not taking money away from the locals or try or like taking something that should rightfully go to the people who are already from there, but there's room for everyone if you find your niche and what you have to offer. So yeah, um are there jobs or is it easy to build up your own business basically yes and no I will say I can't speak for the rest of the world now I can speak for the places that I'm in which is Central America and we have basically opened all the way back up with tourism we have a lot of people who work online coming down now to stay for month-long trips in El Salvador and in, and in Guatemala because they're still in lockdown in their states, in their countries, and they can't handle it anymore. So I am not like policing whether it's right or wrong or whatever, but I will say where I am. Uh, and right now, let's say it's it is the end of February. Who knows what's going to happen with the world, right? Like the the last year has taught us that. But right now, things are open. Tourism is thriving again, and uh, yeah you could make your way down here and you could start a business, basically. (laughs) So the next thing that people are asking me is taxes. So basically, my business, the Salty Club, which is what I co-founded with Erica and MC a few years ago, is registered in Canada. And for me, for my personal taxes, so far, all I've done is stayed on a tourist visa for five years and have kept paying all my personal income taxes to Australia. Now, believe me, this is not a good way to do it, but this is what a lot of people do. So for the last five years, basically, the, visa, the tourist visa that I've been on gives you access to 90 days in the CA4 area. And the CA4 area is Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras and Nicaragua. And every 90 days, you either need to extend your visa or leave the CA4. So for me, for the past five years of my life, this has meant running across the border to Mexico for a day, renewing my visa and coming back. And that worked fine for me when it was just me. It was a pain in the ass, but it was fine. But now that I've got my baby, like I am not comfortable being in another country to him. So now this year, what I'm working on is getting my residency, setting up a bank account here, and I'm going to start paying ta- like paying taxes here And, um, yeah, so that's all going to change. So basically in terms of taxes, it's been a bit of a mess, but I'm going to really fix it up this year and make it good. Um, yeah. So just to give you an idea of how I started making money. Now, believe me, my first income when I was living here was not super high. I was, very good at living simply. And I was at a time in my life where I wanted to live as simply as I could. There was a time where like my last pair of shoes broke. I literally didn't have shoes for a few months. And I was living in a small beach town and I wanted that. That was good for me. It was good for me to budget. It was good for me to live simply. Um, And now, because with the pandemic, everything pivoted, I stopped being an employee of Salty Souls Experience, which is the retreat side of the business, and we put all our energy into the Salty Club, which is, is the online content, which is the online yoga classes, um trainings, podcasts, workshops, recipes, all of that. And then with that, we then move forward and made an app. And with that, our income got higher. And then so my income now, it's definitely not a lot. I'm not rolling in it, but I'm definitely the most comfortable. I've ever been but this has been an evolution so now I am in a place where financially I'm comfortable and I don't have to worry and that's really great but it did take me five years to build that up and all of these little pieces led to one thing to another to another to get to this point like I don't know anyone to be honest who has ever been this is just within my circles who's been offered a job over here come straight into it great income um, it has been all of my friends. I've watched them come with their skills, slowly integrate, slowly become known for the person with that skill, slowly build up their business, and then slowly start to make their own calls about income and then get to a place where they're really comfortable. It takes time and it's not linear and it can look like a mess. And sometimes you can feel like, why the actual fuck am I bothering? <laughs> but it's possible. And I know I'm speaking into a COVID world right now and it's not the same advice I would give two years ago because it's uh, the stakes are higher. But like I said, over here we're opening up. Some tourist places are opening up. And if it's something you're still interested in, in opening up a business overseas or living overseas, it is there are still options open to you. So... Yeah, I hope this has answered a few of your questions. I'm still totally open to answering more. You can feel free to message me on the Salty Club Instagram, which is the Club, or even my personal Instagram, which is Caitlin Creeper. And I hope this has been helpful. Cool. You can find more solar casts like this in the Salty Club. To access The Salty Club, just type in the salty.club in your browser or where available in the App Store and on Google Play. Not just solo casts, you can find workshops, surf inspired workouts, yoga classes and recipes. It's all there just for $9.99 a month, so check it out!